with the Pelican series against the Suns extended by at least a game, is there a chance that Zion Williamson will play this series? Let's talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Thursday, one more day before we get the home game in the Smoothie King Center, game three on Friday, game four on Sunday, and it's back to Phoenix later next week because for game five because the pelicans won game two evening up the series getting home court advantage now for the new orleans pelicans and as always thank you for making locked on pelicans your first listen every day we're free and available five days a week for y'all breaking down everything you want to know about this team it's a fun time to be a pelicans fan so whether you've been with me for years or since the start of this season or you're just tuning in right now i appreciate you making locked on pelicans your first listen every day and part of your routine. It's been a lot of fun covering the team, talking about the team. I love seeing the passion for everyone. So I appreciate you all being here. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Tell a friend about the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. All right, let's not bury the lead, right? Is there a chance that Zion Williamson plays this series now that this is extended to at least five games, if not longer. And if you watched ESPN yesterday, they were all saying six or seven games at like the, the minimum, I guess, would be kind of the maximum here. But there's a very good chance they think it could go that long. So does Zion play? Could he be the reinforcements the team needs to win this series, move on to the second round and upset the Phoenix Suns? So it's been reported by numerous people at this point. Uh, Andrew Lopez of ESPN, you've heard them talking about it on the national TV broadcast as well. He's playing five on five. You know, his foot is, but there's, there's an asterisk with that. His foot's healthier, right? He thinks he should be playing. He feels good enough to play. He doesn't seem to think there's any like risk of an aggravation or a setback with his foot. The surgically repaired foot has gone through the rehab. It's healed, done, simple. He can play NBA basketball with, without a worry. That is encouraging that he feels that way, first and foremost, because we usually see the opposite of this. Players are medically cleared, and they're like, no, 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 something's wrong. Derrick Rose with the Chicago Bulls famously went through something like this. So the fact that he feels so good about this, that he wants to play, two thumbs up to a situation like that. But there's a difference between being healthy and being in game shape, and I think that's kind of the sticking point right now and it's been reported too that the Pelicans are a little bit worried about a potential re-aggravation of the injury if he just fully jumps into playing an NBA game and not you know going through the kind of usual ramp up process so he's playing five on five but not with his NBA teammates he's playing with assistant coaches some of the ball boys and people around the organization I believe he is playing five on five as well which is kind of like people outside of the organization in his own time all of that is good that he is doing that, but that is a far different pace. It's a far different style of physicality than playing in an NBA game. You throw him out there going body to body with DeAndre Ayton. How will that foot hold up? How will it hold up if DeAndre Ayton jumps and comes down on it by accident? Far different than if you or I were playing against Zion in five on five and we fell on his foot, right? 
So that's, I think, where the sticking point is right now. He thinks he can play in a game because he's doing these five-on-fives and the team is a little bit cautious. They know they're playing with a little bit of house money right now, I think, and as much as they want to win this series, they're not going to risk Zion's long-term future for that. This is a guy they want to sign to an extension this offseason. If you commit that kind of money to him, a full max deal that will kick in after next year, he still is under contract next year on his rookie deal, the extension kicks in after that, you know, and he goes out and gets hurt in this playoff series because he just, it wasn't right, it wasn't ready. Well, all of a sudden that kind of changes things. It changes, are you going to offer him that max? Do you feel good about it now when you maybe were going to be before? All of those things kind of come into play. I've heard the conspiracy that they are not going to play him because they want to trade him this offseason. They don't want to risk an injury. I don't think it's that. Look, there have been some conversations about trading him internally with the front office. I can tell you that. But front office is planned for every single contingency there is. Does that mean they've spoken to other teams about it? No, 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 no. But, they, you know, they bandied it, that idea around internally a little bit, as they probably have for every single player on this team. So I don't think it's that. I think it's just they're not comfortable with him playing full speed in an NBA game just yet. But we're going to get to the point where it's been long enough. You know, at a certain point, he will go through a five on five with his team. He will go through a practice with his team. And once he does that and just gets like one under his belt, two under his belt, you probably need to play him in some capacity, whether that's bringing him off the bench like Golden State is doing with Steph Curry or whatever it is. But he is getting close to playing. If they get out of this first-round series, maybe. But is he going to play Friday? I highly, highly, highly doubt it. Sunday? Still highly doubt that that's going to happen. Next series? Let's discuss that then. But he wants to play. He wants to play. He feels he should be playing. So, I don't know. You you never know. And no, I'm just going to leave it at this. I'm not worried about chemistry and on-court stuff if he gets out there. I don't care that he hasn't gone through a practice with his teammates. That dude is so good at basketball. They're not running like set plays, things like that. You know, it's not like you huddle up every offensive possession to kind of call a play. He's going to not know where to go. You're freestyling a lot out there. It's just instinctive basketball play. And you've seen guys like Brandon Ingram organizing guys out there and telling them where to go. Zion will be fine with all of that. And the fact is, he's going to make life easier for Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum with just the court gravity he has. Even if he hasn't practiced once and you threw him out on the court, the Phoenix Suns would be doubling him easily which means someone's going to be open or it's going to mean you can't throw two at Brandon Ingram or CJ McCollum. I think all the chemistry stuff, all of that stuff on the court is absolutely overrated. Play your best players. And Zion Williamson is one of them when he's ready to go, which I don't think is going to be this game on Friday or Sunday. We'll see after that. But does New Orleans have the advantage in this series even without him? Because we've got an update on Devin Booker out for games three and four. What's that tell us about the injury? That's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. They have the Suns is minus one, which is a lot of respect for what the Suns did in the regular season. I don't know. That's essentially a pick em if you're looking at it for New Orleans. Feel kind of good about that. And maybe the Pelicans on the money line in this one. So find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season. Because BetOnline.net is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, from live betting to playoffs, esports, and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. 
And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available wherever you get your podcast five days a week and on YouTube. Subscribe. Tell a friend about the show. Leave a five-star review with a comment because this Pelicans team is fun. And you know what? Maybe they should be favored throughout the rest of the series. The Suns are still minus 300 to win the series overall, but that is a big difference from where they were before. And the Pelicans and this loss of Devin Booker has actually knocked them out of being title favorites, which they were before. I think they're like third, fourth, or fifth, somewhere in that range now. And that's because of this Devin Booker injury, which I think, I don't know if it gives New Orleans the true advantage, but they have 50-50 going forward, which are odds as an eight seed I would take every single time. This Booker injury, I think, could be bad. You know, they've already ruled him out for games three and four. That tells me something, right? That means he's probably not traveling with the team. There's no reason. There's no reason to rule him out for game four, right? When you haven't even played game three, why even say he's not going to play in game four? And they've basically said that if it, you know, it's just unofficially. There's no need for it unless he's just not in New Orleans. And so ruling him out for both games three and four means he's probably not traveling with the team. He's probably staying in Phoenix to get uh, treatment on on that hamstring of his. And these are things that linger. These are things that are tough. Remember how many games Brandon Ingram missed at the end of the regular season? Because of a hamstring, they linger. They're tough to play through. They can be an absolute disaster for players. And yes, the Suns are good, and they are 5-2 and two without Devin Booker this season. I don't know. Still, the game, on, game 5, by the way, in Phoenix is on the 26th. So it was a week from last night. So that basically gives him seven days to try and get ready. You're not going to put him on the plane. You're not going to make him travel. You're not going to make him move around, all that. Basically, kind of like stay off the hamstring, get training with the team staff that's there. Leave it at that and kind of take some of the weight off of him, I guess, both physically and mentally. Um, Tax his body less. So I don't think he's traveling with the team would be my guess. But the fact that they're ruling him out that much, the fact that he needed to get an MRI, you know, they're calling it a mild hamstring, but those have degrees to it as well. And that really opens the door for a lot of things, right? This means you can basically put Herb Jones on Chris Paul the entirety of the game and you don't need to worry about him on Devin Booker. And Chris Paul's done well on him this series. The numbers don't look totally great, but it's still, you know, not not on Herb for a reason. And so I like the idea that he doesn't need to split between two guys and he can just do everything he can to make life hell for Chris Paul. And I don't know. I think that opens this series up so much more for the Pelicans. Booker's in this. Look, it, it's tough. And the Suns are still very good. Aiton has been good, but they played him in particularly Valanciunas played him much, much, much better in game two than game one where he was dominant. You know, I think you're seeing them kind of falling apart at the end of that fourth quarter when they had no idea what to do with New Orleans. And New Orleans has certainly figured some things out. We talked about it in yesterday's show of the adjustments they made. And they might have the advantage going forward. You know, you saw all of the players when Devin Booker was like my hamstring and they were just shaking their heads. They seemed really down because of that. They're without their best player, an MVP candidate. They know that. That shook them a little bit, I think. So... There's still the betting favorites at minus 300, but I could see this series being a pick right now. And I could see this series really ending up in favor of New Orleans. If you get another vintage Brandon Ingram performance like that, you get CJ hitting six threes again and some of these guys playing as well as they did and getting more minutes from Trey Murphy, Larry Dance Jr., Najee Marshall, Jose Alvarado. We'll talk about them coming up here next in today's show. You know, things look really good for this team. They kind of figured out their offense. 
And now the Suns don't have a way to kind of counterbalance that. And don't forget, you know, a lot of people are saying if Devin Booker was, wasn't hurt, they would have lost that game. The Pelicans would have. No, they were ahead when Devin Booker left. Devin Booker scored 31 points in the first half, and New Orleans was only down five at halftime. That is a win. That is a win for New Orleans and speaks to their resiliency and how they've kind of come together. And as everyone has said a lot recently, right? Like, this isn't your normal AC. They had the terrible start. They made the trade for CJ McCollum. They've gone kind of through a couple of evolutions this year. And this is a team that, you know, if they had everyone they had, even without Zion at the start of the year, probably sixth seed. They're probably not in the play-in tournament. They're that talented, they're that good, and they've been playing that well. So this is not your usual eighth seed and kind of speaks into why the play-in tournament exists in the first place. So looking at it, you know, all things considered, with Devin Booker out, yeah, I can see New Orleans kind of having the upper hand in this series, having the advantage in this series, and maybe they should be favored going forward. Let me know in the comments below on YouTube if you agree with that or not. So coming up next, let's talk about Larry Nance Jr. Let's talk about Trey Murphy, the role players. Role players play better at home. And guess what? New Orleans has two home games coming up. So that's coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar out there. I eat one every single day. I like a light lunch. I basically just eat one of those plus a smoothie or something else, just like a little bit. But I want that protein, trying to eat healthier, trying to cut down on like refined stuff, a lot of sugar, all those things. Now that's good for you. So I eat a Built Bar because they are good and they're delicious and I look forward to it every single day. I'm in LA for work right now and I keep them in my bag. When I'm running from meeting to meeting to meeting, I don't, don't have time to really stop for lunch other than going to drive through and get fast food. I don't want that. So I keep Built Bars with me, kind of my secret weapon when I'm on the road. And so if you eat a protein bar, you may as well eat the best tasting one. And Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, and they are absolutely the best tasting ones. And go check out the macros over at Built.com. 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. Compare that to any other protein bar, just as good, and they taste better. You got to give them a try. I love the mint brownie, the double chocolate, the salted caramel. The puff bars are great they're light, they're airy, they're, they're protein-infused marshmallows. It's really awesome. So give them a try. Go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order over at Built.com. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for you all. Whether I'm recording in a hotel room or not, we're here. I'll be back home um, for tomorrow's show as well to get the usual background, hopefully a little bit better audio, but hopefully it's not too bad right now. So we are talking about what the Pelicans can do right now um, with this Phoenix Suns team. And now they're at home, and the role players are probably going to start playing even better than they already have. And those guys have been good. I've been really impressed with what we've seen from the role players so far. Here's some of the numbers, right? You know, we've asked Willie Green to play Larry Nance Jr. or to play Trey Murphy more. Well, this series, when Trey Murphy is on the court for the Pelicans, they have a net rating of positive 4.1. When he is off the court, the Pelicans have a net rating of minus 6. 4.1 is like close to Western Conference Finals team good that's kind of the, the like index right there you're an NBA championship level team if your net rating is six or so so to be at four uh, 4.1 is really good the offense is a, like slightly better half a point per 100 possessions better with him on the court than off so the defense is exactly the same and again defense has been good for New Orleans this series 
It's the offense that has really struggled. Well, the offense is about 10 points better per 100 possessions with him out there on the court. We use per 100 possessions because it equalizes the pace of the game. Some teams play fast, so they get extra possessions. Some teams play slow, and they have fewer possessions because they're using the whole of the shot clock. So this kind of evens it out so you can try and judge those teams and their offense on the same level is why we use offensive rating kind of same for defensive rating. The net rating is offensive rating minus defensive rating. And so it gives you kind of a very clear idea of where some of the teams stand and who's, you know, when this guy's on the court, are they better or not? Certainly when Trey Murphy's playing, they are better on the court. The offense goes through the roof kind of with him out there. One of the things I noticed is when he's out there on the court, the Pelicans in the restricted area shoot 75%. They shoot 75% from the field in the restricted area when he's out there on the court. When he is off the court, that number drops to 53%. There is a stark difference between those two numbers. And that's because of his shooting, right? That's because he is a credible three-point threat. And when you put more shooters out there on the court... It spaces guys out. It gives you more lanes to go to the rim. It gives Brandon Ingram maybe one less defender that he needs to worry about or a help defender down low can't just be kind of chilling by the paint trying to get on in because he's got to be stuck to his guy in Trey Murphy. So that is a significant difference and it shows you the dimension that Trey Murphy brings to this team. And then you have Larry Nance Jr., right? This is a guy that you you could argue should be getting even more minutes than he's already playing. When he's on the court, They have a net rating of six, exactly six. When he's off the court, a net rating of minus 7.7. So an even greater swing than Trey Murphy. He works well against this Phoenix team when you need to go small as a small ball uh, five. He can still help you rebound. He's pulled down a number of rebounds in this. I have his rebounding statistics here. Let me go. Let me grab them. He has grabbed. Where is it? In um, 41 minutes, 12 rebounds. Those are really good numbers, actually. (laughs) Like, really good numbers here. Uh, CJ McCollum in 83 minutes is 16. So double the minutes and only four more rebounds. Different positions, of course. But you get the kind of point that I'm saying here. He's been a really good rebounder in limited minutes. That's been important. New Orleans has had the rebounding advantage in both of these games so far. By 30 over these two games. They need to keep that, but you need sometime a little bit more athleticism. And he's been shooting the three ball well. You've got to love what he's really brought to this team. 40% from the uh, from three here. He's two of five in limited minutes. He's being a threat that the Phoenix Suns have to respect. And again, when he is on the court, the Pelicans in the restricted area, 75%. When he's off the court, 55%. When these guys are out there because they're credible scoring threats, well, it just changes everything going on and these guys should play better Najee Marshall too has been really good for this team as well when you look at the true shooting percentages from some of these guys the top four on the team four Trey Murphy three Larry Nance Jr. two Najee Marshall number one Jose Alvarado because he's been making his threes in this game and has been really really good Jose Alvarado is three of four over two games they're credible scoring threats and now They should play even better. And they've been good defensively, too. We saw Najee Marshall, particularly in Game 1, be really effective on defense. So these role players have been stepping up, and they're just perfect in this sort of matchup where you want a lot of wings, right? And now you get them at home where role players play better. And this is a team that should just be a little bit more 
well rested, right? This kind of goes back to what we were just saying about who really has the advantage here. And yeah, Phoenix is favored by minus one in this. I wonder if that's going to change by the time we get to game day because the Pelicans are going to have an extra day to rest. They had just played, you know, three games in five nights in three different cities. That got stretched out to four four games in seven nights, four games in four games in six nights in three cities. That's still a lot. So now they get to sleep in their own beds for the first time in a week, basically. Yeah, I think that kind of bodes well for what they're capable of doing in this and coming out firing. And if these role players play like they are, or play even better a little bit. You know, Trey missed a couple of backdoor cutters there, which weren't weren't great. But then he was playing kind of far out on the perimeter, really kind of deny people the ball and to also be able to play as a help defender right there, which is one of the few guys that can do that. But still, you know, they step up in this. They get a friendlier environment. I think that speaks to what New Orleans is going to be capable of doing. And so after game three on Friday, I wouldn't be shocked if they're up 2-1 over the Phoenix Suns with the momentum heading into game four and just simply being at home is going to be a big deal because look, look, you're probably going to be at the game. It's going to be loud in the Smoothie King Center. It's going to be an atmosphere that will rattle the Phoenix Suns a little bit, not a ton, but a little bit. I'll take that and without Devin Booker, I don't know. The series looks wide open right now with the adjustments that Willie Green made in game two with these guys really stepping up a tremendous performance from Brandon Ingram things are looking good for New Orleans right now so we'll talk more about the game tomorrow we'll preview it going into that one it's going to be a lot of fun I cannot wait to be in there it's going to be an amazing atmosphere get to the games if you haven't gotten tickets already and that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans so thank you all for listening as always I'm your host Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter and we'll be back with you all tomorrow for a game day <laughs>